Well, if you got your Bible tonight, open them up to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to talk tonight about the benefits and the power of a controlled tongue. And uh, this is something I think we need to remind ourselves of on a constant basis, all of us, you know, and uh, uh, Paul, I mean, uh, the psalmist David even asked the Lord to, you know, help me, help me to control what I say in my tongue. You know, our words are very important. We're creating the image of God. The difference between us and any other being is that now angels can speak, obviously, but uh, we have the right to choose our words in the image of God. And so, you know, uh, of course, mankind, you know, after, after Genesis 3 and the fall of man, uh, if we're not careful, we'll read some things in James, but you know, the devil liked nothing better than for us to get ourselves in trouble by what we say, using our words against ourselves. And uh, so we want to look at some things. Now, just as a reminder, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation here, and then we're going to get to the book of Proverbs, and I'm going to read these from the old the old uh, uh, living Bible, and because it just, boy, it just has always been uh, right, and right to it. But let's start here in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15. Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I, will, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Verse 19, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, and oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And so we're going to stop there. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 18 now. Proverbs chapter 18. Choose life. I've set before you life and death. There's a choice to make. There's a choice to make. You know, I know some people believe that God has already predetermined what choices you are going to make, and you have to make those. But that doesn't look what, like, that kind of flies in the face of that scripture. Oh, that you would choose life. I'm, aren't you glad that God's given us a test, but he gave us the answer? I'm setting before you life and death, blessing and cursing. How many of you know with life goes the blessing? And with the death goes the cursing. But he said, you choose it. Now here in Proverbs 18... Look what it says in verse 20 and 21. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue, he's talking about our words. You know, we can speak words of life and words of death. Now, uh, we'll see, it ought not come out of the same mouth, but it does sometimes, doesn't it? All right. In fact, the person who's able to control every word they say is a mature, mature Christian. And we're all getting there. Look at Matthew chapter 12. Look what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 12. Now, the reason this is so important as we're looking at this is because if we don't learn to control our tongue, when we do speak words of faith, we're confused. Amen. 
Because, you know, anything that's contrary to God's word is a lie. Anytime I speak contrary to God's word, I'm speaking the lie. God's word is truth. Well, then I'm going to turn around. I'm going to speak to the mountain and tell it to be removed. Well, you've done lied so many times. Amen. That you don't know, if, you know, am I speaking the truth here? Am I speaking the lie? Now, it's not a hard thing. You just have to begin to check ourselves. And, of course, what Pastor Hagen talked about this morning, our thinking is so important. We need to be renewed in the attitude of our mind. Let our mind be renewed so that we begin to think the right thoughts. And when we think right, we'll, we'll speak right. Matthew 12, 33, begin there. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes. <laughs> now, this is Jesus. I didn't call anybody just now a snake. I'm reading here what Jesus said. <laughs> you brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Now, I used to hear Brother Hagin say, if I can hear somebody talk long enough, I can, I can hear what I can understand what's inside of them, what they're putting in them, what they're feeding on. All right. said a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. And that sounds a whole lot like Choose life or choose death by your words. Amen. But he's noticed it comes out of what's on the inside of us. So that's a good place for us to start and checking up on ourselves is what are we saying? Because it is evidence of what's inside of us. You know, an apple tree produces apples because inside of it is the apple. It can't help. You're not going to find an apple tree that will grow peaches. It won't happen. And so out of, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. What do I have in me in abundance? Glory to God. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, every once in a while you might just, just uh, uh, slip up and uh, circumstances say something negative. I'm not talking about, you know, you, you don't lose your salvation and all that type of stuff. But we need to learn to control those times and to begin to speak out God's Word. Now, go to James chapter 3. And James really gets to it here. As Pastor Hagen has mentioned, I think it wasn't this week, but the week before, you know, this is, or it might have been Wednesday night, James is a pastor here. And uh, James is uh, living with his sheep that God has made him overseer of. And so he understands the things they're going through and the struggles that they're having. And he'd been talking about there, you know, in, in uh, chapter 2 about how really, you know, uh, faith without works is dead. Don't tell me how great faith you have and you're not doing anything about it. He says, you say you have faith. I'll prove to you that I have faith. Now, he didn't say works save you, but works are the evidence of salvation. All right. And then he gets down here and uh, we're going to pick up in verse two of chapter three. Indeed, we all make many mistakes for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. How powerful is the tongue? Just by that statement right there. If you can control what you say, you can control yourself in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. 
And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Now somebody, I heard somebody say this, and I I think it really bears with what, especially the way the New Living says, is the devil wants to bring hell into your life by the words that you say. He wants us to speak death and cursing rather than life and blessing. He wants us to burn our life up with the flames of hell by what we say. But how many of you know, thank God, we don't have to do that. He goes on to here say, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can, notice it did not say cats, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So there again, he's talking about what's the source of our words? What's the source? That's what he's meaning here about this this coming out, the, the words are coming out, bubbling up like fresh water. You can't get fresh water and bitter water together. All right, it won't work. Okay, and so what is the source? Let, let your source be the Word of God. Now, he says, no man can tame, but thank God we have God's help, right? You know, that's one of the great benefits of praying in other tongues. Not just praying, for, uh, praying when we don't know how to pray as we ought, but to control the tongue and yielding the tongue to the Spirit of God to speak out these divine mysteries. You know, 1 Corinthians 14 says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, verse 2 says, speaks not unto men, but unto God. How be it in the Spirit, he speaks forth mysteries. Now, it's not a mystery to God, but it's a mystery to you. And as you speak those words out, and you have to do it by faith because you don't know what you're saying at the time, it's a faith proposition. But there's something great about praying and just speaking in tongues in your own private time that just will help you and help, when I say you, I'm talking about us, that helps us control our tongue naturally, letting our spirit be in control and speaking those things that come out of our spirit and the word of God that comes out of our spirit. Praise the Lord. So let's go back to the uh, book of Proverbs, and we're going to start in chapter 10. And again, I'm going to read from this, from the uh, the living Bible. And I almost brought my old green puffy one, but I didn't because it's got really small print. Amen. And this one's just a little bit easier to, to see and read out and, uh, to look at here. So Proverbs chapter 10, let's read verse 11. First of all, now these are all going to be statements about what we say. All right. Now some of them are, some of them are, are warnings. Some of them, you know, are things not to do, but let's just look at it. Let's let these words from God teach us and encourage us and help us tonight. Are you ready? Verse 11, there is living truth in what a good man says, but the mouth of the evil man is filled with curses. Living truth. 
All right, verse 14. A wise man holds his tongue. Only a fool blurts out everything he knows. That only leads to sorrow and trouble. Remember, the Bible talks about being slow to speak, right? Slow to speak. We need to learn how to not just blurt out everything. Amen. Just tell it, you know, and for some, you know, for some of us, it doesn't take long to tell all that we know. But you know, there's one place the Bible says, if you, it says, the person who holds their tongue, everybody else thinks they're wise. Just, just sit there. Amen. Hold your tongue. Now that doesn't mean grab a hold of it, but it means don't say it. Now, here, here's something, and I, I, learned this, I learned this phrase. I hadn't heard this phrase, but my wife uses it. And uh, she said this, it's not your story to tell. Sometimes we need to learn what, what's our story to tell, what's not. And usually if it's not about us, it's not our story to tell. All right, moving right along, verse 19, <laughs> chapter 10. Don't talk so much. Just look at your neighbor right now. Don't say anything. Just look at him. Don't talk so much. All right. You keep putting your foot in your mouth. Be sensible and turn off the flow. (laughs) Amen. Verse 20 says, when a good man speaks, he's worth listening to. But the words of fools are a dime a dozen. Wow. Now, you know, the Bible definition of a fool is someone who says there is no God. Do our words give testimony that Jesus is alive? And that God is sitting on the throne, or do we speak as if there is no God? Amen. Verse 31, the good man gives wise advice, but the liar's counsel is shunned. The upright speak what is helpful. The wicked speak rebellion. Amen. Chapter 11, verse 12. (laughs) To quarrel with a neighbor is foolish. A man with good sense holds his tongue. Now tell your neighbor, I know he's talking about you now. Just tell him that. Tell him, I know he's talking about you. Notice good sense. We might say it this way, with common sense. Have a little sense about you. Now look at verse 13. A gossip goes around spreading rumors while a trustworthy man tries to quiet them. All right, look in chapter 12. There's a lot. We've got, we got, we got times we're going to read these, all right? Chapter 12, verse 13. Lies, as my voice changes there at the age of 62, puberty is hitting me again. Is this what it means to be renewed like the eagle? I don't know. Ew. Wow, I don't want to go through that again. Lies will get any man into trouble, but honesty is its own defense. Telling the truth gives a man great satisfaction. And then he adds this, hard work returns many blessings to him. Now telling the truth, speaking the truth. You know, Ephesians chapter uh, four, is in verse 15 says, we're to speak the truth to one another in love. What's the word have to say about it? That is truth. In John 17, 17, Jesus said, Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God, the rhema of God is truth concerning the situation. All right, look at verse 18, Proverbs 12, 18. It says here, some people like to make cutting remarks. Some people like to make cutting remarks. 
but the words of the wise soothe and heal. Boy, what a treasure it is to have someone that knows how to speak healing words into your life. Let's all have that as our goal. Let's speak words of healing, words of life into people's lives. Chapter 13, verse 2. The good man wins his case by careful argument. The evil-minded man only wants to fight. Self-control means controlling the tongue. A quick retort can ruin everything. Self-control means controlling the tongue. Now, what did, what did Brother James say? The Apostle James, what did he say there, back there? He said, if you can control your tongue, you can control everything about your life, basically. Here he says, self-control means controlling the tongue. Look over in chapter 14. Look at verse 3. A rebel's foolish talk should prick his own pride, but the wise man's speech is respected. You know, a lot of times we talk too much because of pride. We think we have to be heard. I think I've told you I was, I was there in, with a group, of, uh, a group in, in, in Africa, and we were uh, preaching in, in several different places. And there at the very last one, uh, the last sermon, service that we had, we had young man, one young man that hadn't preached yet. And uh, and uh, wasn't because I didn't like him or anything. It was just that that's how it fell as I, as I put the schedule together. And so... Uh, he, he had mentioned everybody there. He, got, he started his sermon by saying, you know, on the way, I, I put together three sermons to preach here, and this is my first, and this will be the only time I get to preach. So I'm going to try to work them all in, you know. And so he started out, bless his heart. And his sermon, his sermon, the sermons were good sermons. I won't, you know, I won't say anything about that, you know, based on the Word of God. But just, you know, you get this anyway. So I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like one of those, I'm just, I'm, I'm listening, but something on the, the conversation that the, from inside, it gets louder than, the, than outside. And I heard this, and he said, the, the Lord said to me, that's the difference between a novice and experienced minister. A novice thinks it's, what, it's, it's about what they have to say. He says, the mature minister knows this. It's about what the people need to hear. Amen. And sometimes, you know, if we're not careful, and I, boy, I've been there, done that. Been there, made that same mistake. You know, when I heard that, I thought, oh, dear Lord. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about that, that young man. I was, th- I went back in time and thought, dear Lord, dear Lord. Times, you know, that I'd preached hour and a half sermons, you know, just listening to myself talk. I heard Roy Hicks Sr. say this years ago. He said, the, 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 what did he say? The, the, the heart can only hear what the seat can bear. <laughs> you know. Now, we have these nice cushions in here. How many of you grew up in a, in a church maybe that had wooden pews, right? This, you know, praise the Lord. That, you ever wonder why sometimes those, ser- you know, when we came over amongst the spirit-filled cares, well, those services in those denominational churches are so short. Yeah. Look what they sat on. Glory to God. Amen. All right. But let's, let's watch ourselves that we're not say, speaking just because, because of our own pride. 
Look over here in chapter 15. Now, I've actually marked these in my, in my Bible, then my other living Bible, and I like it out of the living Bible, uh, because I'll go back through every once in a while I'm just prompted to go back and to just get this Bible out, uh, this translation out, and read through these, just to kind of, and you know, uh, check up on myself, and I've always got adjustments to make. Verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words cause quarrels. Every married couple in the world needs to hear that right there. A gentle answer, a gentle answer, a gentle answer. Well, you can diffuse a quarrel, a fight, by responding with gentleness. Book of verse 4, gentle words cause life and health. Griping brings discouragement. You want to you minister life and bring healing to that situation? Gentle words. Gentle words. Here again, we're talking about controlling our tongue. We're talking about being able to call things that be not as though they were. We're talking about being able to speak to the mountain, the mountain being removed. But those things aren't going to happen if we're letting our tongue just say whatever it wants every other time. Verse 26. Now, this is, this is pretty strong here. The Lord hates the thoughts of the wicked, but delights in kind words. I've got a note that says kind words are pure. Verse 28, a good man thinks before he speaks. The evil man pours out his evil words without a thought. So that's just a good advice there, right? Think before you speak. Think what? What does God's word say about this? Amen. I have to, I'm telling you, I have, to, I have, you know, I'm not, you notice I, Amanda does not have a microphone. Don't give her that microphone. Because she'll tell you, I, yes. Yes, the most right reverend Tad. You know, at home, I'm not the most right reverend. I'm not anyway, but you know what I'm saying? I'm just Tad, child of God, trying to, trying to live these things out in my own life. Glory to God. But there's times I should think before I speak. So if nothing else, then I'm preaching good to me. I don't, you know, if you don't get anything out of it. Then, but I'm going to help myself tonight, if you don't mind. Chapter 16, <laughs> verse 23. From a wise mind comes careful and persuasive speech. Look at this. Kind words are like honey, enjoyable and healthful. Kind words. He said gentle words. Now he says kind words. Verse 27, idle hands are the devil's workshop, and idle lips are his mouthpiece. The evil man sows strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. I had a, uh, when we were in Kentucky, we worked there with Pastor Pat Butcher, and uh, he used to talk about, you know, he'd say this, he said, you know, some people don't have a life, so they try to live yours for you. And some people don't have a life, so they talk about everybody else's life. But you want to end up friendless? Be a gossip. Be a gossip. What does that mean? Tell it. See, when you know things, again, is it your story to tell? Now, again, you know, people, we try to spiritualize things. Well, I'm just telling you this so that you'll know to pray about it. 
No, that's not why you're telling anybody. Come on now, be honest with yourself. Be honest before God. Gossip separates the best of friends. And so let's be careful in that area. Don't sow strife. Let's sow life, right? Gentleness, peace. Uh, Chapter 17, verse 27 and 28. Now listen to this. A man of few words and settled mind is wise. Therefore, even a fool is thought to be wise when he is silent. It pays him to keep his mouth shut. Amen. Now, you know, Pastor Hagen talks all the time about how he didn't really realize that what he did in, in, in his, his service in the military and working with uh, uh, top secret uh, information was going to really help him in the ministry. And, you know, we've got some young folks in here and older folks who you're training for the ministry, but just in life and in general, on your jobs, wherever you are, you know, the, high, the higher in the organization or whatever you rise, the more information you're going to have about the organization and about people. Now, I'll tell you this around here. If we talk about stuff, let's say, in a staff, pastoral staff meeting, they say don't say anything to anybody. I don't even tell my wife. And, it's been, and every once in a while, the Hagans will say, well, I'm sure Tad told you. She said, no, he didn't tell you. He didn't tell me. what. I don't know anything about it. Because if you talk, you lose your job. Amen. That's why, listen to me, that's why, and people don't know, I tell the students this all the time, I tell the churchmen, Rama is a restorative, restoration-driven ministry. You can get restored here, and nobody ever knows you needed restored. Because why? It's not talked about. Amen. There's an anointing, there's a gifting here. And one of the big, big attributes is it, we don't talk. Now, you know this, the, the, more, the more something's talked about, the harder it is to bring restoration to somebody. You see, that silence puts a cast on that broken bone so it can heal. But think about this, if that, if that broken bone, you know, if you had a compound fracture, it's sticking out of your skin, I'm sorry for the visual. But if you just leave it there for everybody to see and everybody to know about and tell everybody, oh, look, at the, it's not going to heal. You, you, won't gain rest, you won't gain use of that, that, that part of your body again because you didn't let it heal. But if you can put a cast on it, keep it protected, amen. Why me get off on that? Anyway, all right, chapter 18, verse 4. A wise man's words express deep streams of thought. Oh, boy. How many of you are familiar with this in uh, building? Measure twice, cut once. How about think twice, speak once? Or maybe think five times, (laughs) speak once. But deep thought, he said, streams of thought. Verse 6, a fool gets into constant fights. His mouth is his undoing. His words endanger him. What dainty morsels rumors are. They are eaten with great relish. All right. And we read, verse, we read verse 21 before, but look at the living. This is the living Bible, not the new living. Verse 21. Those who love to talk will suffer the consequences. Men have died for saying the wrong thing. Glory. Pretty serious, I think, isn't it? 
I think God wants us, that's why this is in the Word of God to help us. Just a few more, chapter 20, verse 3. How many of you want to live an honorable life, right? It is an honor for a man to stay out of a fight. Only fools insist on quarreling. Wow. Look over at uh, verse 19. (laughs) There you go. Don't tell your secrets to a gossip unless you want them broadcast to the whole world. Now, some of us, some of us have become our own worst enemy in this and that we use social media and we gossip about ourselves. Just a thought. Chapter 21. I like this verse 23. You ready? This is, this is real straight. Keep your mouth closed and you'll stay out of trouble. Have you ever told somebody, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, be a whole lot better. All right, Proverbs 25, just a couple more here. You doing all right? Amen. I know, I know when we go home, you might feel like you need a shower after this because God's been working us over with his word here, but uh, we want to be able, I want to be able to speak to the mountain and it move. I want to be able to call things to be not as though they were. I want to be able to speak words of life. Glory to God. 25.11, or 25.18, I'm sorry. Telling lies about someone is, is as harmful as hitting him with an axe or wounding him with a sword or shooting him with a sharp arrow. Telling lies. Don't lie about your brother, sister. Don't lie about anybody. Don't have anything to do with a lie. Satan's a liar and the father of all lies, right? Finally, Proverbs 26, and verse, we'll start in verse 20. Now, remember we talked about that our life set on fire of hell by the words that we say? Look what Proverbs 26, 20 says. Fire goes out for a lack of fuel, and tension disappear, and tensions disappear when gossip stops. A quarrelsome man starts fights as easily as a mat sets fire to paper. Gossip is a dainty morsel eaten with great relish. Pretty words may hide a wicked heart, just as a pretty glaze covers a common clay pot. Fire goes out for lack of fuel. There's a whole lot of situations that we could quench if we quit, if we quit speaking about it to others. Now, if you have something, you have something with, with your brother or sister, Matthew 18 says, go to them. You go to them. You go to them and you talk to them about it. And if you can't get that, if you can't get it fixed and you can't win your brother, you can't gain your brother or sister. In other words, you can't, you can't restore the relationship. Then take two or three others, not with the idea of to prove who's right and who's wrong, but to restore that relationship. All right. And go with gentle words, kind words. You're not there to accuse. You're not there to, you know, to get any type of revenge. You're not there. You're there to stay out of strife at all costs. The Bible says the servant of the Lord must not strive, must not. All right. I didn't give him these verses up there, but I want to turn. Well, I want to end with this. Go back to James chapter three. Let's, let's read on there from where we were. We ended in verse 12, uh, uh, around verse 12. I want to pick up in verse 13, James chapter three, verse 13. And 
There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. Oh, that's chapter 2. Well, that didn't make sense. All right. I was like, that didn't sound right, but anyway. It helps if you read from where you tell people, right? If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For, what it, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and fruit, the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. You see, don't gossip. Don't talk about others. Don't lie on your brother or sister. Don't tell. Go to them and be a peacemaker. All right? A peacemaker. There's a difference, you know, a little bit between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Sometimes peacekeepers don't ever resolve anything, but peacemakers make peace. And notice what happens. You plant in seeds, seed time and harvest. If you want to have peace, sow peace. If you want to have love, sow love. If you want to have, you, you know, you want to have all these things, sow it. Speak it. One of the best ways we sow, the sower sows the what? The word. Speak out words that God says. Speak his words and not yours. Take the time. Don't say anything about it until you know what God says about it. If you don't know, take the time to find out and then speak what God says about it. Amen. And if you don't know what that, if you don't know what God's word, if there's not something specific in God's word about it, speak in other tongues over that situation. Now, I'm not saying go up to, your, to a person and just start speaking in tongues at them. Again, you're not, you're not confronting to accuse you're, you, you go to the person to make peace, to win your brother, win your sister. Amen. I didn't necessarily plan on getting over, over that direction. But today set before us, just as it always has been, God has set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. How do we do that? Death and life are in the power or under the authority of the tongue. I know people don't like it. You know, they, they don't like this part of the faith, of faith. You know, they get mad because uh, I saw somebody the other day. There's that line in a newer song that says, when I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. They're all mad about that. Oh, you know, that's that name it, claim it bunch. That's that blab it, grab it bunch. It doesn't want, well, the, I don't know. What would you call Mark eleven twenty three? 23? If I say to the mountain, be removed, be cast down, and it, it gets up and goes into the sea. Is that not a miracle breaking out? Amen. Amen. You've come too late to tell me that my words don't carry life in them when I speak what God says about the situation. I've seen it. I've seen it. I, in fact, I've seen, I've seen some miraculous things take place just by saying, I speak words of life over you. Speaking words of life. Sometimes that's all you know how to do. I speak words of life to you, to your, to your bank account to your job, to your children, to your relationships, to your car, glory to God. 
I speak life over you, car. Amen. Amen. Speak, speak words of life. Quit cursing your car. You know, good, dirty, rotten car. Every time I get it, you break down. Every time I go, you break down. Every time I turn around, you got something wrong with you. They can't fix you. There's no parts anywhere. See, all you're doing is speaking death over your situation. Amen. You say, well, how do you know that? Been there, done it. Got the T-shirt, probably, somewhere. I wore it tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. I hope you got something out of that tonight. Let's all stand together. Our prayer team's coming on down here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, if you weren't able to attend graduation, go back and watch it online. Uh, It was a great graduation. Our speaker, Reverend Pastor Josh Pennington, did an outstanding job. If it wasn't one of the, if it wasn't the best graduation uh, message, it's one of the best. There's Bill again. <laughs> I just saw it. Pastor Bill, you just, there you are. Did they show him again? There he is. No, I don't know. I don't know. They, they sent me five pictures and said, choose it. I like, I like Pastor Bill has the greatest smile in the, in the world, doesn't he? I wanted that one when he was smiling. Glory to God. Amen. Now, you know why he smiles like that, don't you? Look next to him. That's why he smiles like that. He's a happy man. Glory to God. Amen. Well, if you need prayer tonight, ladies, come down to our ladies, men to our men. If you need to pray, I don't think we had any first-time guests tonight, so we're glad all of you are here. Before you leave tonight, tell someone that you love them in the name of the Lord, and you can be dismissed. If you need prayer, come on down, all right? God bless you.